podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm. Welcome to Run With It, the podcast that brings you business ideas from established entrepreneurs. Each episode, you'll hear a new business idea and the exact steps our guest would take to get started. Follow through and you can earn a free mentoring session with today's guest and potentially a business partnership. Here are your hosts, Chris Justin and Ethan Janney. I'm Chris Justin. And I'm Ethan Janney. And on today's show, we have Jeff Proctor. Jeff graduated from Virginia Tech in 2013 with a BS in biochemistry, but he's always been a bit of a money nerd. After working one-on-one with clients for nearly three years in private wealth management, Jeff launched Dollar Sprout with his business partner and longtime friend, Ben Huber. A few entrepreneurial stumbles and lots of lessons learned along the way, and he and Ben have created one of the fastest growing personal finance blogs on the internet. Outside of work, Jeff is an avid golfer, avid, not necessarily good, and he enjoys spending time with his girlfriend, Paige, and his dog, Annie. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. That was from your personal bio that you said, avid, not necessarily good. <laughs> yeah. When you read that out loud, I, it actually reminded me I need to update it on our site to say fiance, Paige, and I have another dog now, Max. <laughs> so thank you for the reminder. Oh, Congratulations. Cool. To you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. But yeah, happy to be here. I thought you were going to say you needed to update it to say you became a good golfer. <laughs> I thought the same no. thing too. No, I no, no. That, that, that's still you very accurate. You took to you talking about. No, <laughs> it's still accurate. <laughs> well, congratulations on your engagement and your, <laughs> Thank you. your new little one, which is just a dog at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so Jeff, you got this amazing story with Dollar Sprout. You started from nothing and created this empire that's grossing over $2 million a year, which is incredibly impressive in in four short years. Thank you. I'm excited to hear about how you would apply some of what you've learned in creating Dollar Sprout to a new business idea. And the entire point of this podcast is to give our listeners new ideas that they can take and run with. We're going to talk about the idea. We'll talk about specific action steps that they can take. So why don't we kick things off by asking you to Tell us about a problem or an opportunity that you are seeing in the world today. You know, like you said, like as entrepreneurs, you know, we have, you know, a lot of kind of desire to, you know, start other businesses or do other ventures. It's kind of like once your brain is wired that way, that's, you know, what you want to do. Since Dollar Sprout is a purely online business, I've always had the desire to maybe create some sort of like physical products business. You know, I, I don't have any super specific ideas yet. But one thing that has actually stuck out to me that I'm interested in pursuing at some point is a water bottle company, not not bottled water, but these high-end water bottles like Hydro Flask, Yeti, those sorts of brands. The way I got the idea actually was my fiance, Paige. She's been using these water bottles for years and she's always been obsessed with them. And I always thought it was the craziest thing. It just made no sense to me. A few months ago, I got one of these water bottles for myself and started using it and started, you know, seeing like, wow, these things really keep your water cold forever. This is sweet. And now like I'm like fully on board. I've become just like her (laughs) in a sense (laughs) where, you know, I've got these water bottles that I like. And I noticed that whenever she would reference them, she would never say, hey, can you grab my water bottle? Or do you, have you seen my water bottle? It was always, hey, where's my Hydro Flask or where's my Yeti? And I was like, okay, clearly some way that like a water bottle brand can like establish that really strong brand with consumers 
even though it's something as simple as a water bottle. So, you know, that's just like one example of something where I would love to like go through the process of learning how to design, manufacture, deal with all the logistics behind like creating a physical product, which, you know, I have no experience in just because all of my experience so far has just been with online business and affiliate marketing. So yeah, that's something that I've kind of been throwing around for a while in my head and you know, I don't know if and when I'll I'll ever pursue it, but I think if I have time and kind of flesh out the idea a bit more, I'd definitely be interested in it. I'll tell you a couple things. Before we got started, we were talking about what's the problem here, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, is, it, is it just that like people have money to burn <laughs> and they want something cool? For whatever reason, there a, a few people here and there have made lists of like, what are the most essential things to human beings, you know? Mm-hmm. And water's always there. Uh, very, very soon on the list, you know, there's always Mm -hmm. like sleep and food and oxygen and, you know, things like that. I think that because water is so important, this, this idea of having a bottle to, to help assist you in managing your water intake is, is really important. I brought this up in a previous episode and I'm not trying to brag, but I just ran a marathon. (laughs) Oh, wow. Congrats. And, you know, it just became nutrition and water, it just became exceedingly clear to me just how essential they are to so many different things Mm -hmm. and how poor I was at imbibing sufficient amounts of water. And I think that whether it's just having a bottle that you can feel excited about and carry around and enjoy, or there's some cool feature of it that helps you drink more water, Mm -hmm. that's definitely a big problem that people are solving with water bottles in general. Yeah, I think there's definitely the utility side of it, something that would track your water intake or actually when I was doing some research last night before doing the show, I came across a brand where it's actually a really cool idea. The bottom of the water bottle like lights up if you haven't taken a sip in how I forget how long, but the way the product looked was like really sleek. It's like, oh, that's a really neat idea. But they're only based in Europe and their website didn't look that good. They have a great product, but don't know how to get it out there. There's like two sides of it. There's the utility side and then the branding side. So it's kind of like Starbucks. You know, you you go there to get coffee, but you also feel nice when you walk out of the store with your white cup with that nice green logo on it to tell people, hey, I can afford Starbucks. I'm treating myself today. I think you can take either route with it or combine both approaches, which is kind of neat. We're joking about it a little bit here, but we shouldn't undersell the value of marketing a product like this effectively. Mm -hmm. People don't drink enough water as it is, right? And Mm -hmm. a lot of people want to drink more water. And the way that it's currently pushed is just trying to guilt people into it. Some people have figured out ways around it. And a lot of people, by having their water bottle in front of them all the time, it makes a big difference for them. Mm -hmm. We recently interviewed Garrett Diamond. He had this post on the most essential items for his desk. I forget the brand, but his specific water bottle was one of them. And he has a Mm -hmm. specific spot that he puts it on his desk to make sure that he drinks enough water. So again, we're joking about it, but there's definitely a a gap here. It makes me think about how people in the US before the early 1900s, I think, they didn't brush their teeth. And what changed that was, was marketing. Someone came around and they made it so that when you're brushing your teeth, the toothpaste would uh, would foam up and leave a minty taste in your mouth. And people started feeling good as they were brushing their teeth. That's what caused this entire revolution wow. in, uh, I did not in know dental that. care. Yeah, people <laughs> before that just didn't brush their teeth. Uh, and that was d- yeah, due to marketing. So there's, again, 
we're joking about it, but there's an opportunity here in terms of getting people to drink more water and coming up with something that creates that dopamine feedback loop when they are drinking water so that they enjoy it and do it more. That's a fascinating marketing story. I forget where they outline it, probably multiple books at this point, but I do remember as well, one of the things that was highlighted about the marketing was developing a trigger for people, like something they already do mm-hmm. that connects them to say, oh, I need to do this now. And I remember about marketing, brushing your teeth was that feeling, well, there was two, that the feeling of like rubbing your tongue over your teeth and it doesn't feel clean. Mm-hmm. And also then the feeling of doing that and it does feel clean, right? And so like you rub your tongue over your teeth and you go, oh, I, I don't like that feeling. I need to brush my teeth. That's from the book, The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. That oh, okay, story is also from there. And yeah, the trigger is you have this slime and film on your teeth. And then the reward was the feeling of mintiness and, and suds uh-huh. after the fact. Chris, when you mentioned the dopamine feedback loop, that got me thinking of, you know, if there's, I don't know if there's a way to incorporate that with drinking water per se, but I mean, I know that you know, if you integrate like some sort of, not social media, but some sort of connectedness between drinking water, like I know that my fiance, again, she has an Apple watch and she's always trying to take more steps than her friends. I think it's stupid, but you know, she loves doing it and everybody that's Apple watch loves doing it. So I'm probably in the minority there, but you know, if there's some way to, you know, apply that to like drinking water where like you get a rush from doing it, that's a neat idea. I think that I hadn't really thought of. I saw a picture on Reddit. Someone created a NFC tag that they had. This is pretty nerdy. They Mm -hmm. created an NFC tag on their desk. And if they tapped their phone, at that spot, it would log a new glass of water. Uh, oh, I'm a tech nerd, so I got all excited about okay. it. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> going to create something like that. But right now, I have a Fitbit. Mm-hmm. And Fitbit has a capability to log how many glasses of water you drink in a day. Mm-hmm. I used it maybe twice. Yeah, I mean, it sounds kind of lame. If I have four glasses of water, six glasses of water, I don't really feel better about myself if I had six. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's tough to overcome. There's a guy that that I work with, and he's always got a water bottle with him. I'm so impressed that he just always has it. You know, I'm just like, how do you remember to bring it, and how do you, you know, how do you how do you have it yeah. all the time? It's weird. It's like once you become a water bottle person, like you're a water bottle person, and I <laughs> yeah. feel like this has really exploded in the past couple years. Like maybe it's because of the current market conditions that we're in, where people just have a little bit of excess money. I don't know, but I definitely don't remember this being a thing when I was a kid or a teenager. Right, no. It's been like within the past five years, I feel like it has blown up. So one thing that I'm thinking is there could be some, when you say social, mm-hmm. there could be almost like a, the first time, just to say the first thing that comes to my mind, but like BB babies or whatever. That's not what it is, but it's, mm-hmm. It's something that that you want to have as an accessory to be seen with, to like, Mm -hmm. you know, show that you're part of a, just a baby, just people who are healthy in a club. And maybe Mm -hmm. there is that ingredient nowadays, just the way it is. Mm -hmm. But I'm feeling like you could optimize that and and make it like, oh, which one do you have? Is there a feature? Is there something unique about it? Do you name it? There could be interesting marketing around that. Oh, yeah. So as you were saying, like, you know, talking about like the Beanie Babies, for instance, there's obviously a hundred or so different ones, you know, from a startup business perspective, if you have a smaller budget to get started, obviously you can't have dozens and dozens of 
different types of models and all that. So I was thinking, you know, if there's some way to consolidate it down to like three or four or five intro like models of water bottle and they would have like characteristics that are like pertinent to that target demographic one could be like for like the athlete and it's super like rugged and then the other one it might be like the commuter which would be for people who are like they always take the water bottle with them to work on the go so one thing that i've heard a lot about is you know it's got to be able to fit into a cup holder and you know, that's like a huge like complaint that, you know, Paige, my fiance had about her hydro flask is it doesn't fit in her cup holder to go to work. So she just has to put it in the passenger seat. If you have between like the athlete, the commuter, if you have some sort of like luxury type of, well, I don't know what you would name it, but if you have like three or four or five kind of starter, like they're not quite customizable, it's still practical to like get this started on like a somewhat limited budget. What do you think about just going with the idea of let's create the most expensive water bottle on the market and then go from there? Like what kind of value can you add for people? Find out what the most expensive one is right now and make it at least 25% more. See, that was actually my first thought too. And then everyone was like, well, no one, yeah. when I was doing some research for this, I put like a price range of like 30 to $70 for a water bottle, which is outrageous. But my initial thought was I want to sell a $150 water bottle. I don't know what it's going to do because if someone is going to pay $40 for a hydro flask, they're going to pay $100 for something that they perceive is better. Once you've crossed the threshold of paying more than like $4 for a plastic water bottle, like you're gone. You've made the leap and you can spend 40 or 100 or whatever. So I don't know exactly like what all the functionalities or like benefits of a higher end water bottle would be. I think part of it also is like you're limited by, at least in my case, like my own skill set of, you know, I don't really have any sort of like technology or like development background. Like I don't know, like, you know, how to coordinate with apps and like syncing and all of that type of stuff. So that would be like a major roadblock for me. I feel like it'd be easy enough to figure out how to make like at least the most well-made manufactured product. It looks like there's a UV cleaning water bottle for... $95. Yeah, so yeah. I do a quick search online. That's important. I imagine in developing countries that have limited access to clean water. Mm-hmm. But I don't even know if that's who they're marketing it towards. No, it's just somebody says it's the nicest water bottle I've ever had. Love the way it looks and gets compliments all the time. I would hope so. <laughs> uh, in union with my filter, this bottle makes my tap water taste just as good, if not better than bottled stuff really well made, considering giving one as a present. Wow. You got somebody who's going to buy two. <laughs> but the thing that's interesting about that testimonial is the first thing they said was the comments that they got, how it made them feel. And then the quality right. of the water, what the product did came second. Right. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is interesting. Yeah. It is something that you have with you all the time <laughs> interact with. Maybe the only thing that you'd interact with more average person would, would be uh, their phone. Probably and mm-hmm. Apple's now charging a thousand bucks for a new iPhone, which was thought to be completely ludicrous yeah. before they released it. <laughs> yeah, I think the the price point is crazy when you like say that as oh my gosh, a hundred dollars for a water bottle. But to me, that's the biggest non-issue out there. I think it would be very plausible to sell it for a hundred dollars. I just don't know how to make it. One thing, if you're listening and you're interested in this idea, you can do is to brainstorm some functionality, and this is it's a fun exercise. Mm-hmm. Come up with crazy off the wall ideas. What could you do if you were to make the world's most expensive water bottle? What kind of features would you put in there? 
and maybe uh, a lot of them don't stick. And maybe you decide ultimately not to go with the $100 version and you go with the $50 mm-hmm. version. But there may be a feature that you think of during that exercise that you really like and want to use as a mm-hmm. differentiator. Taking a, a different tack here, you shared an insight from your existing business that I'd like you to talk about a little bit. You mentioned that true originality isn't needed. With enough hard work, anyone can carve out space in a crowded and competitive mm-hmm. niche. Can you talk about that a little With bit? My more? business, uh, dollarsprout.com, it, it's just a personal finance blog. And there's, I shouldn't say just a personal finance blog. I mean, I'm not giving myself enough credit, but you know, it's it, in the grand scheme of things. I mean, there's hundreds, well, there's thousands of personal finance blogs out there, a few hundred good ones, and then a few dozen, you know, massive personal finance blogs. That was also the case when when Ben and I started four years ago. And it's not like we were creating the concept of personal finance. Like We had original ideas on how to save money or make extra money or whatever. Everything that we've put out there, for the most part, has been just like a remodeled version of stuff that already exists with our own spin on it and our own, you know, way of presenting the information. At the end of the day, you know, it's not truly that original. We just through like persistence and, you know, trying to kind of crack the code of how to get the word out about our product or our website. That is what led to our business getting traction. It wasn't like we had a, a eureka moment and, you know, finally got out there. We just, you know, over months and, and years of diligence and just doing things every single day. You know, we're not we're not yet, you know, leaders in the space. We're not the nerd wallets or the bank rates or any of those sites. But we've gone from zero to one and now we just need to get to like five or ten. But you know, we're we're getting there and we've already done the really hard part, you know, going from obscurity to a million people a month come to our website. So it's definitely possible. In some ways, like it's really liberating to know that no matter how hard an industry is or how competitive cutthroat, I mean, because personal finance, like media and publishing is like really competitive. And we still got in there. We, we still made a name for ourselves. So it's it's possible, which I think is really cool. Yeah, so to uh, to give you a little bit more credit than you were giving yourself, to get to the point that you've gotten to, you've had to become really good at what you do. And when I say that, that means you provide a lot of value to your readers. Otherwise, they wouldn't be coming back. They wouldn't be sharing the content. Yeah. And the value that you're providing, mm-hmm. in your words, it's not exactly original mm-hmm. value. It may resonate with them because you understand their language, you understand mm-hmm. exactly what they need, the way that you present it, even the the design of the site mm-hmm. might be something that causes them to to want to spend more time, more time there. there. Yeah, and I think that that's a perfect analogy, and it, it's um, I really like this perspective yeah. because that's exactly what we believe. With uh, the thesis of this podcast is. It's not so much about the idea itself. It's about mm-hmm. executing, iterating, finding what works, adding value to folks, right? Definitely. There are a few businesses out there that are dependent on this game-changing, mm-hmm. mind-blowing idea. Mm-hmm. But 99% of businesses that get started don't need to be original in order to be successful. Exactly. Yeah. The way I look at it, to us, you know, our content may be slightly better or slightly worse than some of our competitors in terms of just overall content quality. But where we provide value is 
we actually get people to read it. My content is worthless if no one reads it. So the way that I look at adding value isn't through going like well above and beyond your competitors. It's actually getting your people to to read your content or actually see your product. That in itself is like a value add because if they don't know you exist, it doesn't matter how good your stuff is. It just doesn't matter. So, you know, I think it's important to kind of have that like perspective when you go into it is part of building this business is, you know, you got to get your product set, get it in as good a shape as you can. You know, it's not going to be perfect, but it's more important to get it out there and get people consuming it, buying it, reading it, whatever it may be. That is where the, the real value is made in my mind, at least. Yeah. It's no easy task to get people thinking about personal finance. That's yeah, something that people just not. don't want to spend time in general looking at their bank balance and exactly. kind of unless you're like me, I, I love doing it, but I I've heard that some people don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. But similarly, it's no easy task to get people to drink more water. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the concept of a water bottle is nothing new. And even if you make something that is, you know, even if it's like a little bit more user-friendly or a little bit more luxurious than Hydro Flask or Yeti or Contigo or any of those other brands, it doesn't matter till someone buys it. And they're just going to buy it based off of how they feel when they're looking at it or holding it or whatever. You just got to get that part right. You haven't added value until they bought it, basically. Along those lines, I think one thing I'm thinking of is so far, you know, throwing out features and things like Mm -hmm. that, that the idea came up of just creating a price point first and then going from there. Mm -hmm. I'm very much in favor of that, especially a high price point. And it's not out of greed because maybe you might have to put all that money towards making the product. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But um, I think that when you have a high price point thing, it forces you to think about how much more value you can add to the client. That's a good point. So, yeah. So I think that that might be an interesting place to start. And then maybe we can give our listeners ways to find out how you add value for people. Maybe you literally just go surveying people that already drink a lot of water. You go to a gym or something Mm. like that. And you say, you could just talk to like 10 people and you say, look, I'm going to make $150 water bottle. I know this sounds ridiculous, Mm -hmm. you know, but if you were to pay $150 for a water bottle, what would you like it to do? You know, or or not yeah. do, or or look it's like have to be or, like the Tesla know. of water bottles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, that might be interesting too, just for us to explore. Like, how could somebody go out there and come up with ways to um, find out what people want mm-hmm. and start, but start with a price mm-hmm. point, and and then know, know that you're just making something that's high end, mm-hmm. and then then figure out. You know, our listeners can, we don't necessarily even have to come up with the details, even if we want to come up with a few mm-hmm. here, they can find out what people will actually pay. Yeah. No, I like that. I think that's a really cool idea. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk through some of those ideas then. Is that where you're going with this, Ethan? Yeah. Like, okay. So I, this is great for actions, mm-hmm. the action step side of thing. We, we can address yeah. some of the other, you know, things we talk about. It's also good for the idea validation of it. We could talk about you know, actually getting money from people, um, mm-hmm. you know, to get it started. Um, but yeah, that's one idea I have. Like you go to a, you go to a gym and you, you just like talk to 10, a hundred, however many people you want to coming in and out. And you, you ask them, why would you pay $150 for a water bottle? I'm designing the ultimate water bottle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, do you guys have any other ideas on, on like how you could get this information? There's at least one person in the world that's going to pay $150. For there is. How do you find yeah, them? There is. And how do you talk to them to get that information about why? Yeah, I guess I'm in a good position because I'm dating someone who's 
hyper into these things. And so are her mm-hmm. friends. So it's in their, you know, mid twenties, females, you know, somewhat successful, they have careers and like extra income. So that's can find some way to like, you know, get into that demographic more. Yeah. I mean, you could definitely just go, I think that's a great idea. Just go to a gym or maybe, maybe go to a gym one day and then go to, I'm trying to think of like, if there's like maybe where like, you're not going to get the gym goers, but if you go to yoga studio, say like a restaurant, but, or a yoga studio. Yeah. Or if you ask, if you like go to like a, a winery or something and you ask like every female there that kind of fits the demographic or just anybody there at the winery, cause wineries are typically like, you know, a little bit higher class folks. You don't have to ask a ton of people. I don't think, I feel like once you talk to like, even like five or 10 people, you're going to start to get an idea of basic functionalities. The unspoken thing that both you guys are bringing up here is you're not initially going after folks who are reluctant to drink water. You're going after folks who are active and are currently willing to pay for products like this. You're starting there Mm -hmm. with the market and, and you're validating that. I think that's really important. The ultimate mission of this company may be to get more people drinking water overall it is very hard to get traction by starting with that group who doesn't currently want to do what you're trying to mm-hmm. get them to do. So I, th- I think there are a lot of places that we can go to, to find people like that. I have this completely off the wall idea yeah. that I, <laughs> I want to share with you guys. What if you could combine Peloton and water <laughs> and make it so that you there's a competition aspect of your the only thing I know about Peloton is that they're like the super high end, like stationary bike, but is there like a social aspect to that or the social what? aspect of it is they have live classes that you can take in your oh, okay. and you do it and people rave about it. It's, it's an expensive service, but people love the community aspect. They love the mm-hmm. competitive aspect, the uh, time focus that it creates. You want to show up and, and compete with people there. I'm thinking about, so I'm going to get even weirder with this idea. <laughs> That's fine. Dude, I'm, I want to start a luxury water bottle business. That's yeah, about no, as weird think, as it gets. I know. This is going to keep going. <laughs> I have no need to do uh, this. <laughs> this is, I'm, I'm picturing there was a pool of money that people had to contribute every month. Like say it's a hundred bucks a month into this pool for your water bottle service. Mm-hmm. And the top 10% of water drinkers or you're in this ideal range of water drinkers, you mm-hmm. get 90% of the money that comes back to you. That won't work for a dozen reasons, if yeah. not more. But I, I, I don't know. This, there's something there around how you can gamify it or make it more competitive. Yeah, that reminds me of a few years ago when Nintendo Wii's were coming out and some radio station did like a water drinking contest and this woman died because she drank too much. She, I don't know how many gallons she had, but yeah, I like the idea of like competition. Uh, right. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought of when you said, I, I know, I know. No, 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 Would it be a downer? No. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I got to get lawyers involved and make sure we have like a disclaimer saying if you, yeah, it is true. You can drink too yeah, much you can. water. Yeah. You can. But most people are not nowhere near that threshold. Yeah. Right. And I mean, there are other, before I even shared the idea, I was thinking people could just fill up their water bottle and dump it out. Right. So you'd have to. Well, it could be that the cost of 
you know, the manufacturer of the water bottle does go to the fact that you make it this uber secure way of proving that someone drank water, you know, just so that they could, that the competition can be fair, you know? Yeah. Um, Gosh. So I just want to bring up a couple of other things I'm thinking about in terms of like audiences to seek out, to ask questions and why they might pay $150 for a water bottle. The other one, which you kind of alluded to, Jeff, was like the wealthier people, the people that have the money to mm-hmm. spend. So one thing I might recommend is like go to like a gala event, yeah. you know, where like people have it's like a fundraiser dinner or something like that. Or like it's a fancy party mm-hmm. or it's just a fancy hotel in Manhattan or something like that. Right. Just to like talk to people who have yeah. money. Um, truth be told, there's going to half of the people who have money aren't going to want to pay anything for anything because <laughs> that's how they got all mm-hmm. the money. <laughs> but there are going to there there are going to be a half of people who are you know like to be conspicuous spenders or in, enjoy investing in objects of of uh, interest. So there's that. And the other thing I wanted to mention was there are probably people who, for medical reasons they're really at risk, mm-hmm. you know, of suffering deeply if they, if they don't really get in a good yeah. habit of drinking water, you know, maybe they have poor sleep and it's mm-hmm. blood pressure issues or something like that. Yeah. yeah. It could even be as simple as somebody has got really bad acne and you can show them that drinking a lot of water helps clean out their system mm-hmm. more and they're not going to have, not that I'm not a doctor. I don't know that that's yeah. true, but there's certain, I know from drinking more water, there's a lot of problems that it actually can solve. And so if you can, somebody might be in pain over an issue they're having and water's a solution, but they, that they just can't connect with mm-hmm. it. And they might be willing to pay 150 bucks. The fact that you're going to help them with this water bottle, make a new habit and get things taken care of. Yeah. That's interesting. You say that. So it's almost like it's tough when you're like, I mean, it's good to like brainstorm all these things. And then you get to a point where it's like, okay, are we going to sell them on luxury on utility or you know, some other like a social type of aspect. It's, it's, it's hard to weave, you know, all two or three of them together. Which one do you target first to get your initial like fan base or whatever? Cause it, it's, it's going to be really hard to like hit all of the points, but I like, I mean, it's good to like talk about all of them and bring all of them up. Like I'm thinking of the shoe company Tom's, their big thing was like every pair of Tom's you buy, they donate a pair to like an African village or something. That's like their, their thing, but their shoes are really simple. They're just like little pieces of fabric. Basically. I'm going to keep going down the path of crazy. Yeah, no, it's good. (laughs) (laughs) We may end up cutting all this out, but uh, (laughs) a lot of times people will pay for luxury if it's personalized. Mm -hmm. So I have this set of coffee mugs that are uh, thermoses. I think they're, Blue Yeti, and they have one of my clients' logos on them, and mm-hmm. they're really nice. I love using them. That's not too crazy. People mm-hmm. will pay a premium for something like that. The thing I'm combining it with is I heard this story that across middle schools today, girls are giving their headbands to or their their scrunchies to boys, and boys will wear them what? actually in their hair oh. as an indicator that they're dating. Like that's the acceptance of the. Oh my gosh. The, uh, I had no Middle idea. Middle school <laughs> mating ritual now. Oh, apparently. gosh. <laughs> uh, which, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't looked into this at all. So <laughs> that may not be actually true, but yeah, I, I maybe at one uh, school, from, that's what they're doing. <laughs> right. I heard it from my wife. But yeah. I was thinking that if you had um, these personalized water bottles and you liked someone and you're younger and you give them your water bottle, you trade water bottles and, mm-hmm. and that's, uh, yeah. you signify that you're together. <laughs> yeah. A water bottle wedding ring. 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Some way. Yeah. I was thinking about like personalization also as I was kind of like brainstorming some of this. And then I like a little bit ran into the problem of like from a like production or manufacturing standpoint, I have no idea. I mean, I feel like that would infinitely complicate the process, but that's probably more so from like a lack of knowledge than like it actually being significantly harder. So that that's more of like a knowledge barrier than anything else. But from the standpoint of integrating it with an app or mm-hmm. something like that, I don't think it would be that okay. hard. Um, I haven't developed that sort of thing mm-hmm. uh, personally, but I've developed an app and, you know, you can use like Arduinos and things like that to create little RFID chips that interact okay. with things. I mean, I think all of the things we're talking about because we've seen them in the market, yeah, they're, they're doable. All do- and if you have, sure. if you have a price point, that's significant enough, then, mm-hmm. you know, you've got some room to work with. So to answer your kind of conundrum about which path you pursue, I think this leads right into one thing that we often like to talk about is the actual idea validation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, you could, for example, talk to these three um, domains and maybe to give yourself a rule that you're going to pick one at the end after you've talked to mm-hmm. people. You know, you talk to the wealthy people, you talk to the gym goers, you talk to the people who are having health mm-hmm. issues. And you tell yourself, I'm going to pick one of these domains based on responsiveness. And I think a lot of times, you know, nowadays, what's a lot easier, you know, now we've seen Kickstarter and all these things, it's like pre-selling something, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So what I'm interested in is if we have an avenue where, you know, we just ask these people, hey, I don't have a bottle yet, but would you give me 150 bucks to like start exploring how to do it? And if you get it from the wealthy people, Mm -hmm. great, then that, then you'll make the one that they talked about what they wanted. If you get it from the gym goers, then you'll start working on that project. Mm -hmm. And if you get it from the, you know, the people who are, you know, sick and in some way and and need water, a healthy water habit, then you go in that direction. Do you guys have any other modifications of that? Like, how can you validate that you really should even pursue this? I don't think that if you came to someone and said, would you spend $150 on a water bottle that many people would say yes, or anyone would, because they can't picture the value that it would bring. It's the same way as if 10 years ago, you came to someone and said, would you spend a thousand dollars on a phone? Mm -hmm. They can't picture the benefits that they would get from that. So I do think that there's something to speaking to these people and finding out what their needs are and, and coming up with a story around water and water bottles such that mm-hmm. they are more excited to mm-hmm. to drink water and more excited to talk about it, more excited to show it off. Like that first review you talked about, people compliment their water bottle all the time. Yeah. So that that has a real positive impact, whether people may think that it's all about utility. It's not. It's about the stories we tell ourselves as we're doing these things, just like the story of the toothbrush, mm-hmm. the toothpaste, right? It's not actually cleaner. The minty flavor and the uh, the suds don't clean your teeth better than toothpaste did before that was introduced. But now the story that we tell ourselves during the tooth brushing process uh-huh. makes it so that you are actually doing it more. And that's why we're ta- we're spending a lot of time, maybe more time than we normally do, on the marketing of a product like this, uh-huh. uh, because I think that is the hard part: is how do you get people to change their behavior? You don't need to reinvent the water. Maybe there's some aspect of the water bottle you need to reinvent, but it may be that we need to come up with a a better way of telling that story to folks and having them believe a story Mm -hmm. themselves that gets them to drink more. I agree. I was reading the other day that the water bottle industry itself is an $8 billion industry. And I'll I'll send you guys the link of of where I got that from. But, you know, the, the proof of concept, at least as it pertains to like 
the water bottle industry itself, it, it's definitely there. And I think that kind of like Chris was saying, it's more of finding that target audience that you want to hit. And then like the proof of concept is more in the marketing and the branding and messaging. And, and yes, to some degree, like functionality and different perks of the water bottle, but you're going to have to spend some money, you know, getting this product made and, you know, spending time, you know, marketing it before. I mean, it might be a total bust. And I, I don't know if there's necessarily a way around that. I mean, I know that with like Kickstarter campaigns, like they don't start manufacturing until they've collected the money. I think it's how I... Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll build like a prototype or something. Yeah. So that's like one way to kind of reduce your your risk. Yeah. This definitely sounds like a Kickstarter campaign, mm-hmm. you know, launchable idea. I love what Chris keeps bringing back about like the brushing teeth mm-hmm. analogy and the marketing and, and basically like getting people to do something that's healthy for them by giving them something that they believe is healthy for them, but it's not, you yeah. know, like suds on your teeth and mint, right? The one thing that came up for me a few times was that our body gives indications that we're thirsty, but we misread them. That's that's what I've heard, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm actually hungry and I'm craving sweets when really I need some water. Oh, interesting. Right? Or like I'm tired and I should, I think I want to go down and take a nap. If I drink a glass of water, you know, I'd be up and ready mm-hmm. to go. Interesting. So just one other aspect that's not so toothbrushy because it's a little bit more complicated, but some sort of biosensor. Like it's not the bottle itself, but it's a sensor that senses in your body when hydration is Ooh. necessary. So it's not just telling you like, okay, drink now, drink now, drink now, but it's like literally giving you an indicator. Yeah. Uh, maybe it even gives you a sensation. Maybe it even, this is good. No, this, that's if we're getting cool. crazy, maybe it gives you a pain sensation Yeah, <laughs> when you're not hydrated enough. And so you're like, oh, man, I got to go drink some water because I, I got to stay hydrated. I, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to keep going down the crazy <laughs> train. Here we go. <laughs> I thought you were going to stop me, but you're going no, further. I'm going further. <laughs> not related directly to the water bottle itself, but if you had some sort of indicator that you could pee on in your toilet, to tell you whether you are hydrated enough. I don't know what it would take to build something like that, but Mm. I know for me, if I had something like that and I got a notification, right, it's connected to the Wi-Fi somehow, I got a notification, you're not hydrated enough, then I would want to drink more water. That would inspire me. Another thing I'll throw in there to to bring it more back to reality and Mm -hmm. tie it to science when Ethan talked about if you're feeling tired and uh, drink some water and you feel more energized, water is actually part of the Krebs cycle, the citric acid cycle, how your body makes energy. Mm-hmm. Water is an essential component of that. I don't think that's very well known, but if you are short on water, you don't have enough of that component to the citric acid cycle, which is, again, how your body makes energy. So mm-hmm. that's it, it actually does tie back to science, even though... So hopefully that balances out some of my crazy. That's making me envision like some sort of like overly simplified logo of, you know, some like almost like the recycle logo, like the triangular thing. But part of it is like an oversimplified version of like the Krebs cycle. And then like the water part is somehow like really shiny and bright and, or somehow it has like some way that pops out. Like that is what this brand is. Like it is highlighting the importance of water in that cycle. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to bring in another thing. So first of all, I'll say this. I think we've covered actually some nice action steps for listeners. <laughs> uh, so we've got that covered. And now I think we're geeking out a little bit on these kind of, it's fun. And maybe that's a good indicator that it'll be fun yeah. for the consumer as well. 
What I wanted to say around the marketing side of things, going back to that, is with the toothbrushing thing, there's also another ingredient which has to do with vanity and, you know, even just like mate attraction, which is another huge need of people, right? With toothbrushing, that's one of the things that they sell you on. Oh, you've got to have nice, white, bright, pearly whites, right? Because if you don't, people are not going to want to sit by you or talk to you or anything like that. So we don't really have that with water drinking, you know? And if we can go to this, you know, sort of magical shut our brains off thing that, that Chris took us to is like, a past where people really didn't care that much about whether their teeth were brushed or not because they didn't have a thought about mm-hmm. it, right? They didn't think that it mattered. So clearly there's like another world that we can live in where people's vanity is affected by their lack of hydration, you know? And if you can hit upon that in some way, drinking of the water or whatever that you've done or the bottle or the, there's the fashion side of it, but but something where they've actually taken a drink of water and that makes them more attractive in some immediate way. I'm thinking of um, an app where it scans your face and through machine learning, some magic concept out there, it can tell your level of hydration because your hydration level does affect how puffy your face is or maybe how swollen if you're if it's too salty. I don't know the exact details, but I've seen pictures, images where people have a couple drinks of alcohol and the difference in how their face looks is dramatic. Mm, I wonder if there is something similar that you could measure from drinking water and has a baseline. And then you can say, and then it spits out a score and say, today your Mm -hmm. water health score is 93 and you try and create streaks. And maybe that would be easier to tie into something like Fitbit or another tracking app. So what if, you were to order a water bottle, let's say you wanted a red water bottle, bright red water bottle. But the only way that the water bottle would be red is if you had your full amount of drinking water for the day. So let's say it starts the morning at, I don't know how to pull this off. I don't even know if it's possible, but (laughs) let's say in the morning, your water bottle is just this gray, like gloomy looking gray water bottle. And then as you refill it throughout the day, it almost like follows like a gradient and it like slowly gets like more red until you're like, yeah your like vitality is like out or whatever i love so instead of instead of it being like constant reminder like hey you need to drink water and then that goes off every 30 minutes have it be like your water bottle is making a transformation throughout the day that kind of reflects your own transformation i don't know how to pull it off but i just thought of that as you were you guys were talking i think that's great because basically what it does is it gives you a visual external reflection mm-hmm. of what's actually going on internally, you know, and that you want to fix. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, our water system is not as well connected as it should be biologically. If the yeah. branding gets out there, then people like, if they recognize you have whatever you name the brand, like you have one of those water bottles, like, oh, dang, yours is looking pretty gray this morning. And or yours looking gray and it's right. like, what are you doing? And then that yeah. kind of, it, in some ways, it does the peer pressure type of you got to make your water bottle the full color or, I mean, yeah. people that identify with that brand are going to know you're not hydrated. You could get people drinking water at bars with a, with a thing <laughs> yeah. like this. man. <laughs> we might have to edit this part of the podcast out so no one steals that idea. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know how to pull it off. But I feel like it between like a chemist and some sort of engineer, it should be pretty easy. 
I mean, they make mood rings. That does something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're a little over time here. Okay. Um, in terms of our typical podcast, this is this one's definitely a little bit out there, which I think it's been fun. And I think for our listeners, it's oh, still really fun. Yeah. It, it's valuable to think through how you would solve these these problems out in the world, right? And how you would market it. And I think that Jeff, you've shared a lot of great ideas and insights into the things to consider. So mm-hmm. thank you very much for, yeah. uh, for your time here. It's been a pleasure. Listeners, if you like this idea, want to take some action, follow through on it, do so. And then email us at update at runwithit.fm. Even if you don't take some action, tell us what you think about this episode. Give some <laughs> feedback. Let us know uh, you think this idea is crazy or you love it. If you do reply in, if you take some action and you reply in, you have a chance at earning a free mentoring call with Jeff. A one-hour mentoring call. He, again, he's built Dollar Sprout from nothing to a $2 million a year business in the personal finance space. He has a lot of great experience to be able to not only help with this idea, but provide feedback on other business endeavors that you may be trying to pursue. So do that. Jeff, I'd like to give you some time to, to talk about Dollar Sprout or anything else that you like here. Yeah, I really don't have a whole lot to say other than, you know, if you're out there thinking about starting a business and you feel like it's too hard or impossible, just look at Dollar Sprout as an example of what can happen out there. So I had no formal experience in business and marketing and SEO, blogging, affiliate marketing, none of that. And between Ben and I, we've you know, managed to grow into something pretty cool. So yeah, if you want to check out our site and give us feedback or see, you know, what we could do better or see how you can apply, you know, what we're doing with our business to to what any, any of the listeners are doing and yeah, feel free. Just, yeah. Happy to be on the show with you guys. Thank you for having me. Great. It's been fun. Cool. Yeah. Great to meet you, Jeff and take care. Enjoy the rest of your day. All right. Thank you guys so much. Now, it's time for you to run with it. Follow through on the action steps discussed and email a summary of what you did to update at runwithit.fm. Every listener who emails us will gain exclusive access to a private Facebook group of action takers. And one listener will earn a free mentoring session with today's guest and potentially a business partnership. Help us build the Run With It community of generous entrepreneurs. Please like, subscribe, and review us online. And remember, the secret of getting ahead is getting started. Podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash run, that's R-U-N, and get 15% off your first year.